0: Podcast has been on fire lately. Oh my goodness! The last few episodes are just like so exciting. I love how you start something. I'm sure you have this experience, Elise. You start something and you're like, "I'm just gonna go for it." I don't really know what it's gonna look like, but we're gonna dive in and see what happens. And you kind of fumble and you say some crazy stuff, and you make it work, right? And then eventually, like it all just starts like melding together. And I feel like that's the stage we're at. The podcast will be one year in November. Wow. Yeah. So I feel like we hit a groove maybe a month ago where it was like, oh, this is what that podcast is about. So I'm really excited to have you here. We met in a abortion group and we have a little bit of a similar personal story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you think that was the first connection? And then I went to your Facebook page um, and found that you were okay. So if you go to um Elise's page, and I'm gonna let her introduce herself in a minute, but if you go to her page, it says, I wrote it down, always authentic, sometimes vulgar, (laughs) science and business behind happiness, mindset, and healing. And I was like, okay, we need to podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for being here to. You know, let's talk about our personal stories because we have some similarities, and I would love to hear how you navigated those waters and um, also about the work you do as a professional and a woman in the world and a person on this planet. So, welcome. What would you like to say about yourself to our amazing listeners?
1: Uh, well, I mean, first of all, thank you for having me here. I'm really happy that we, you know, well. Not really happy that we met in the community that we did, but I know glad to find <laughs> right glad to find support. Um, and I do have to say, this is this is gonna be my first time kind of like publicly saying yeah. the event. So honestly, not sure if I want to share all of my links to all of my socials yeah. and stuff like that. But for anyone yeah. listening, um, you know I am a mindset coach and I specifically help heal subconscious trauma. So even though I may not want to be publicly out, um, it is for very good reason that. You know, not everybody is meant to hear your story. And part of healing is being able to understand why we are feeling the way we're feeling and, and making those dots and connections. So yeah, why I decided yeah. you got to show up sometimes you to do. help others as, as opposed to just, you know, wallowing in your own pain.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for showing up. It's so super brave. Um, I have a feeling we'll hit publish on this podcast episode because it's going to be so amazing and you're going to feel so good at the end of it but we can always not. So have a conversation as if we don't know what's going to happen and yeah. let's just feel feel your way through it because it is big and brave and powerful to share your story. And it's like a whole nother level to be like, this is my story and here's a link to all of the ways you can contact me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and all of my friends and family can find this story. So right. that is not a necessary to being on the show at all. And I really just like pat yourself on the back for showing up. It's a big deal. It really is. I created a video this week. I was driving, which doesn't happen very often these days because we are recording in times of COVID and I don't leave the house very much, but (laughs) I was driving and I had this realization that the more of us who share our story and the more of us Who tell empowered stories? Because we can tell our story in lots of different ways, as I'm assuming you know from your work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, We can tell our story a lot of different ways. And the more we talk about it and the more we find power in it, the less the generations ahead of us are gonna have to do that, right? And so, you getting on here, like, I actually had this visual right before we got on of this, like, I always think of stigma as kind of a wall, like a brick wall, right? And every time someone tells their story, it like pokes a hole in the wall. (laughs) And eventually, there's just going to be so many walls that the stigma crumbles down. But I really do think, you know, sharing your story publicly is not for everyone. But at least starting to tell your story to yourself and to a few people who you can feel powerful about it. Um, it's a game changer. So thank you again.
1: Right. No worries. And I mean, you're totally right because sharing your story helps the brain compartmentalize what it is and where it belongs. A lot of times um, if we have PTSD or trauma after an event occurs, it's because the brain doesn't know what language the experience is, right? Because we haven't focused on it. We haven't processed through it. So it's just trying to go back to it to figure out where does this event belong? Is it still relevant? Is it still putting me in danger? And so even just telling our story to ourselves, like you said, is something that can help relieve some of that stress or pain or grief, no matter what we're going through.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just, um, whenever I do a podcast, I choose a tiny little clip for it to share on my Instagram as like an audiogram, it's so hard to choose one clip. <laughs> it's so hard, but I the clip I just chose for today's podcast reminds me of what you're saying, and um, yeah, just it's it's good stuff to be here. So, do you what parts of your story do you want to share with the? Audience I, I can share listeners? all of this. Yeah, uh, I can share all of it. So, when you tell your story, I guarantee there are going to be people who resonate with little parts of it. And they're going to be people who are like, oh my gosh, she's telling my story, <laughs> right? Obviously it's differently. But tell us how you landed in a group with me talking about abortion and then being brave enough to get on and, and have this conversation. Like, How did you land yourself in, in this place?
1: Well, I mean, I landed on the group. Due to advice, I do have a therapist. Um, I actually started having like bad dreams Mm. and flashbacks about the event. Um, And some of the things she advised me was, you know, um, get a period tracking app to help with some of the anxiety. Because Mm -hmm. if you don't, so I guess that has to like go backwards
0: to our story, right? Me and uh, Amanda have a very similar story. So um, I actually have not talked about this part of my story at all. So we're in brand new territory. I mean, everyone knows, anyone who's listened to the podcast, of course there's going to be new listeners every week, but anyone who goes back is going to know um, I had an IUD that mysteriously disappeared, but I always had a sneaky suspicion about why it mysteriously disappeared. And so when Elise shared her story, it was just like one or more validation. So I'll let you keep sharing and then we can talk more about that. Okay,
1: so I guess I'll just give like a brief summary of like my story, uh, just to give people background. So, you know, um, I'm like 26 years old. I have not really ever wanted kids. Um, So, you know, a couple years ago, a few years ago, I ended up getting the copper IUD. Um, I got it in London, everything worked well. And as long as you know, with the copper IUD, you do get your period every single month. since then I have had like you know a different change of lifestyle, um, everything like that. and it comes to this year, you know, I'm just in a recent relationship with a new partner um, and I came back to the states I was living overseas before. and I wasn't thinking about my birth control because it had been working for me perfectly for two years uh, mm. up until this point. and I started being, you know very eco-friendly getting into like saving the planet and i started using the menstrual cup and i thought how perfect because i won't have to go to different countries and look for tampons or whatever yeah, yeah. um and in the midst of that i had like left my job to start becoming an entrepreneur um and then COVID hit so on top of all of these things we're in the quarantine the very beginning of quarantine and me and my partner are kind of fighting Um, little did I know because, um, I was pregnant and I decided to take a test because I was like, this is so weird. I haven't gotten my period and my period's always kind of been irregular, but I was like, you know, my boobs are like getting very big. (laughs) I don't understand this. I have small Mm. boobs. I don't get it. And uh, I was like, maybe we should take one just in case. But my worst, my worst fear was always to get pregnant. And I thought I had taken care of that fear by you know, the copper IUD has a 99.9%. And when I saw yeah. that it was positive, I, you know, it was terrible because
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's a choice that I thought, um, I would never have had to face. And when I got yeah. to the planned parenthood, because my immediate first step was like, I need an abortion. Like I had thought about this, you know, cause it was my fear. And even yeah, my, my partner right. had said, you know, like, you know, is this something that you still want to do? he was on board with like making it work but at that point like he didn't have a job either so like just looking at this decision is like neither of us had jobs or steady Mm -hmm. income I had some clients um we're in the middle of a quarantine like just no sense of security or stability or anything and going to the Planned Parenthood um they go oh your IUD is moved do you by chance use diva cup and at that point it just felt so terrible because i was like i tried to do something like for the planet for me. It, it just felt so terrible because i didn't know that that, that it could cause that
0: mm-hmm. and i wish there
1: had been a warning on the box of the cup of, of menstrual cup there's not there's not a warning i was going
0: to ask you that i always had this suspicion it was like the only thing i could imagine was well, that well the fact the
1: cup- that they said it to me in the thing was that other people and so there are actually other cases because I looked into that point at suing the company because there wasn't any reason why I should have had to go go through that situation or why you should have had to go through that situation I never wanted to be a person to you know abort my own child because I never wanted to be a person who had to have one you know and that's why I took the steps and I felt so betrayed
0: yeah and the emotional
1: damage that that causes and the fact is like it's not just like one, two, and you're done. Like you have to wait weeks until you can try new birth control again. You have to pay for a new birth control. And the fact is that in the States, birth control is not readily available for everybody at prices they can afford. Right. So now I'm faced with no job, no health insurance, um, and, now I, and now I can't get the copper IUD again because the copper IUD is $1,200, but it has no hormones. And they offer you a hormonal birth control for 75 so now I'm forced to have this birth control that is fucking with my hormones and it just felt mm. like so unfair and mm. uh, I know I'm kind of like getting these emotions out but I mean this is you're telling honest- me
0: stuff that I don't know though like I mean sometimes I beat myself up because I'm like you should know all this you should know all this but like it was not, there's my, no way my world is like let's talk about mental health afterwards. So these are so, these are such important conversations to have. Like just that number, like that someone who doesn't want to put hormones in their body, but also doesn't want to get pregnant, Mm -hmm. a $1,200 IUD, like mine was covered by insurance. It was put in by my OB actually she did not say, ask me about the cup. So I'm wondering if Planned Parenthood just sees that happen more. So they knew the connection. I'm sure they do. Like, but it's crazy. I mean, this is what we're looking at is like the case with women in so many places is not like it's choosing the lesser of two evils, right? It's like, (laughs) there is not a good decision here. Like there is not the ideal situation which maybe is just the condition of being human but it just feels so stacked against us that that you have to face that choice right first of all you're betrayed by this thing that you didn't feel it was fully disclosed to you right and then after that like to protect yourself again you're faced with a whole new host of challenges and this is the reality of being a woman and especially in our country <laughs> Right.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and like you said, in our country, so obviously a lot of other countries even have less options, you know, so it's, I can't get into all that because I don't know the details. I know that, um, I'm lucky to even have these options. However, it is like, just with this situation, cause we don't, I don't want to invalidate anybody's pain, including my own, cause that's how you have to kind of get over, um, right. you know, your own grief, but you know, made also exasperated by the fact that the quarantine was going on and my partner couldn't come up with me. So I had to do all of this yeah. alone. Uh, and, yeah. and you know that is, so it's just like on top of like having to make this choice and, you know, the system, like I, I mean, it's not like I'm like support abortion, like we have to, you know, like get rid of all of our mistakes. I think it's a hard choice that you have to make. Um, I don't think anybody ever feels good about it, you know. But I'm happy that we get that choice. But the system also does make it hard for you to do it. They, you know, it's like you know, and the questions that you have to go through, like, you know, do you want to see the baby? Do you want to know if there's more than one? And it's like it's very hard, you know, yeah, Um, yeah. But you know, it's like, yeah,
0: and you're really not alone, too. I think we're going to see more and more of this of people who face this decision in COVID, in a pandemic, in a quarantine, and these added layers of, you know, complication. It's just like, I like to use the word complex. It's just like very complex. (laughs) It's just so many layers. And for you to face all those layers on top in a world that I remember when I, so my abortion was now three plus years ago. And I remember feeling like nothing in the world made sense to me. Like like the world had just literally been turned up to, upside down. I was so utterly confused by being human, being a woman. And so now you have that, which I experienced in a typical year, not 2020, <laughs> on top of this year in which so many of us literally feel like our worlds have been turned upside down and inside out and nothing makes sense. And we're reevaluating like everything. And so I really, really extra appreciate you being here for all the women who are going to listen to this and who face the same situation um, of really looking at their lives and saying like, in your case, not only did I never, like I really didn't want a baby, but I, I think there are women too who are like, well, I might've kept it if it weren't a pandemic. Right,
1: right. (laughs) <laughs> like we didn't know the state of which we were going to right be in you know and like so getting into like the mentality of like my choice and everybody's choice is personal individual like no judgment it was just like for me I didn't want children and may, one of the main reasons I didn't is because m- me growing up I had a very dysfunctional family and mm, I didn't feel mm. like my mom was ever there uh mentally or physically she just yeah. wasn't capable she didn't have the tools to heal her own trauma yeah and yeah. for me knowing i didn't want children i did not want to bring a child up even to have a glimpse of what mm. that life could be like because i knew the pain that i went through and for me to feel like my child might catch some of my resentment or the fact that i hadn't achieved all i wanted to you know mm. it, maybe things would have been different if i had done the things or if i was financially stable in my business or you know, but for a child to have to live through that, I didn't want to recreate that cycle. I just couldn't do it. And even if I thought like, okay, I don't want to do that, but I want to do um, like adoption. I couldn't carry the pregnancy because I was so nauseous every single day. I couldn't get out of bed. I literally couldn't get out of bed. And how was I supposed to make money? How was I supposed to do anything? You know? So it was like, plus I had been drinking tons of energy drinks every day, like not, you know, like, so I was just, and I had that IUD and I was like, I don't know the health of this child because I didn't know I was pregnant. I don't know the pandemic. I don't know, you know, so like all these factors just add in. And so I think there is so many complex things that go into, it's not as simple as like, oh, we're going to keep it or we're going to not like, you have to really calculate out what does that child's future look like actually? You know, like, it's not just about, I have to take care of my responsibilities, which is like, kind of what my partner said he's like you know we're responsible it's like yeah but now we're responsible for what kind of life it's gonna have so you have to choose the better
0: option yeah yeah oh it's I I just can't stress enough how important it is to put these stories out there because the people making the laws the people standing in front of the clinics protesting They're not listening to these stories, right? They're not understanding the layers of decision-making happening and thinking that we're just out there to like murder all these babies. Like it's, there's such a massive disconnect in what we are actually experiencing and what the world is seeing. And um, I just think so many people are going to relate to your story. Um, What was the healing like for you? So here you are, you're like, was it a blessing that you were in quarantine and kind of just like home doing your own thing? Or was it harder because you weren't distracted and like out in the world? What was that like for you?
1: I mean, I can't really say for certain how different it would have been had it not been quarantined. Um, I do know that I was grateful I didn't have very many clients at the time because um, I was just so, so nauseous and whatnot. Um, But I'm going to say that at first, you know, I did try to distract myself in any way I could, as in like, just not think about it because, you know, you're all going to have your own reactions to trauma. And for mine, it's always kind of running away and shutting down. And sometimes that's healthy for you at first, just so you can allow Mm -hmm. some time to pass. so for me, it was all about focused on like fixing the relationship that I had with my partner, Yeah, getting back in a good place at home, trying to be positive mm-hmm. because there was such a negative energy. There was such a painful energy and we really needed to find a connect with each other so that we could just build up our lives again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And plus like, you know, doing things for yourself, self-care, therapy, you need to be able to find a trusted person to talk to. If you're not able to talk about it, you you won't be able to process in a healthy way, usually.
0: Yeah, yeah. How, there's so many people whose relationships really, really struggle after a decision mm-hmm. like this. Do you have any, and I don't know what, the, how your relationship ended, although you did say something at the beginning of the call about a partner, so um, do you have tools do you have ideas do you have tips do you have things that people can try when they're in that rocky stage of like along with everything else getting turned upside down my relationship was also turned inside out and now I have to learn how to be with this person again after making this gigantic decision right
1: so I mean for me like first of all, discussing before anything like this happens, kind of like what, making sure you're always on the same page with your partner. So like beforehand, they had already known that I didn't want children. So kind of when it came up to that point, like, oh, you know, I'm pregnant and them already knowing that I did not want children, I think it kind of made them already on the same page with like what I wanted to do, right? Yeah. And making sure they're on the same page because if they want children and you don't, you're already not a good fit, all right? That's just a precursor. But during times of healing, okay, you've made this decision. Now you really have to communicate. How do you process, um, how do you want to process things going forward? Like, you know, do you heal from talking about it or do you not heal from talking about it? Like, you know, can we set up a time where we can just have a safe space to brain dump how this has affected us, Yeah, you know? And, and making that connection and not reacting personally to what your partner has to say, actively listening. And then, you know, giving them that space so they can give you that space and letting each other cry and letting each other be angry. You will go through different stages, but making sure you communicate and let them process the way that they, excuse me, need to process. Yeah. Um, because they don't always you know, process in the same way. He's very quiet and I'm, I'm very outspoken. I, I cry a lot. These some, like now I do before I held everything in now it's like years of like grief and stuff. I'm just getting out, but now I let it out and I express it. And yeah after I'm able to express it, I'm okay, you know, but, um, sometimes other people just need it to not talk about it. So yeah. it's, Getting on the same page with how you heal and understanding where they might be coming from, even though they didn't go through the same experience is really important.
0: Yeah. Can you look back now, and it's totally okay if you can't, but can you look back now and see how some of this happened for you? Like, have you found meaning (laughs) in it that, like, what does that question feel like to you?
1: I have tried to think about that from like the very start um I don't think or know if I have found the right answers yet I think it gave me a whole different perspective on life because it's never a position I thought I would be in yeah um yeah so I think it gave me a different perspective on like motherhood in general and yeah exactly what it means so it helped me connect with grief on a different level mm-hmm. um and helped me, it did help me be able to connect with my partner on a deeper level, yeah, because, yeah. you know, going through that experience, I don't know if you, if you can't, and being able to go through that experience and continue forward, I think is really, really strong sign of a relationship, um, yeah. but yeah, I don't know if that was a yeah. solid answer. Well,
0: but. I see those threads, you know, if I had, I've known you for what, you know, 40 minutes or something, <laughs> <laughs> but if I had, um, if I had guessed that is some of the things that I would have said too. And I, I get the sense that the more you tell that, the stronger and more you'll believe it, right? And the right. more, so it's just a matter of, of really deciding and owning that and using that power in you to say, yeah, kind of fucking sucked. <laughs> and here's some things I learned from it. And I, I think that that, st- that story alone will strengthen in you the more that you tell it. I really do. Um, I can see that thread through, through your talking. So it, it is interesting and powerful work. And I think that all of this is going to make you a stronger entrepreneur, it's going to make you a stronger person, it's going to give you even more room to connect with people and help them heal in the way that you do right thank you for that
1: yes i mean sometimes i look back and you know because before that um i had to go to the like emergency care twice for like strep throat we had mold in our apartment so it's like we were going through a lot of stuff this year on top of quarantine i'm like holy shit and i still built a business like yeah sometimes i can't believe that i know um but it's like no i mean like that's something to like really feel like okay about and because i've gone through that you know i think it does help relate a lot to people who are going through stressful moments and trauma and for anyone listening it's like you're the only one who can know your own loss and pain and grief and it can hit you at different moments in time um and just because you know we made this decision doesn't make it any less of a loss
0: yeah you know
1: it is still very much a loss and i think that's something people don't also understand they're like well you made this choice yeah but I never wanted to make this choice and everyone to have to be in this position. It still lost me.
0: Absolutely. So I still
1: deserve to grieve it. And I still, you know, I am pro choice. I really, 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 this also really affirmed my, it helps me also see more about women's rights because I saw how fucked up the healthcare system was for yeah. us and how it is up to women. It's up to women. To handle these things and then it's up to us to carry all the trauma all the grief, right. and you know it, it's really hard and then to have that threatened maybe in politics to say oh no we're gonna take these choices away because people don't understand the complexities of it is so unfair.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And as if this isn't hard enough, you're going to make it harder with some dumbass rule or like right. agenda that you have to like maintain some belief or power or whatever. Right. It's, it's total nonsense. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Um, is there anything like, well, this is totally optional, but is there anything you want to ask me on like in this episode about your own healing or and or is there anything you feel like some listener today (laughs) needs to hear?
1: I'm sure there are probably many things (laughs) um you know what about for you like when it came to your choice. Like why did you decide to make your choice? Like what was kind of the, cause I haven't heard this story. So yeah, what was kind of the situation at that point in time.
0: Yeah. I had three kids. I had a copper IUD between my last two. Um, yeah. So I had the two girls and a miscarriage between them and I had a copper IUD, took it out to get pregnant with him, and then had it put back in. And just like you, it was two years. Two years. I can't remember now when I started using the cup. Do you remember how long you were using the cup before with the IUD before?
1: Yeah, um, probably like a few months.
0: So not long. I kind of want to do that research myself.
1: Mine like- didn't expel mine just moved slightly. So it's like, the thing is too, I think I started using the cup maybe in like October or November of last year, but for a month, um, I was away from my current partner. So we're still together. So it's like, you know, I didn't have, we weren't having sex. So it's like, that is like a time period for it to have moved. So it's like, you know, once this thing moved, it's kind of like I got pregnant right away.
0: Yeah. 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 Do you know, I'll keep answering your question too, but do you know if there are warnings on any of the cups?
1: I've looked and I found an article that has said that it's not, that it hasn't moved it. And I was going to use it as like proof that they're lying and manipulating people.
0: Because I I feel like I Googled that. Like, I feel like that was something. I did Google it. Okay. All right. (laughs) <laughs> this is all so interesting to me. Cause I just kind of let it go. I was like, well, it was what it was. And then when I saw your story, I was like, wait a second, how many people is this happening to? Like, right.
1: <laughs> I think it's, I think it is something that should be put on labels as if it were a surgeon general warning. Yeah. Because really this, interesting. It, like the emotional trauma that happens to people from this and like, yeah, it almost makes me wonder if the cop is associated with, you know, People getting like
0: you know, I wonder. I do think it's got to be pretty rare. I think that I don't know. I've
1: seen some other stories. Like how many millions of people use the cup, and how yeah, but how many
0: how many hundreds of thousands use the cup and uh, IUD? You know, like how would we know? Because how
1: many people are talking about their abortions? yeah
0: exactly. How many
1: people are talking about the fact that they got pregnant because their IUD slipped?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's really, really fascinating Um, and really important really important. And I, I, it makes me want to call some Planned Parenthoods and, and ask, um, ask about this. Anyway, just like you, my IUD was in place for two years. I thought I was safe. My husband didn't want to have a vasectomy, even though we were very much done having kids. And I was just like, I didn't want to fight him on it. I was like, fine, whatever. I'll put the, I'll put the IUD back in. It was fine for me. It's like, I'll take care of it right the the woman who does it all no worries if you don't want to have the procedure I'll take care of it and I didn't I just didn't think about it and your story when you said um, you know you knew you didn't want kids for me that piece was very different I knew I didn't want more kids but I also was at a place in my business where I was like I am just figuring this shit out like Right. It's not easy to become an entrepreneur and I was doing different work at the time, but I had really like just found my voice and my freedom and my power as a woman in the world and a, and a mother of three and really just like discovering who I was and what it meant to start contributing to the family financially and to become the person I was supposed to be through entrepreneurship. And so I couldn't fathom going back into the baby cave. I couldn't imagine what it would be like to raise a fourth child. Like it was just, I knew exactly what I was getting into and there was no way, like the way you said, you know, I knew what it was to be raised by a dysfunctional mother. I'm not saying I would have become a dysfunctional mother, but I knew exactly how hard it was. And I knew how hard it was going to be on my marriage. I knew how hard it was going to be on my existing kids. And I just felt like, you know, in so many ways, we've won the lottery. Like we have three healthy kids. We have a healthy marriage. Like why would we sacrifice all that right now when we know we didn't want it? So, yeah, I think there's a lot of similar threads and I just – yeah, I wanted to go be a woman in the world with a voice that made a difference and served a purpose and grew into like the next layer of myself beyond motherhood. And so, yeah, like you, it was, it was very much a lifestyle decision for me. Like, that's just not what I want.
1: And you brought up something that is like going to be so controversial if there's any like men listening, but it's like, the lack of option for men's birth control you know, being only like condoms and vasectomies. Yeah. And they're, they're, you know, not wanting to do that because I had mm-hmm. said that also like, you know, w- you know, would you see this as an option? Cause it's reversible. Right. Absolutely. And like, no way because I'm not going to get like a surgery done, um, which is understandable, but it just brings up the fact that like, why is it up to the woman? Why yeah. can there not be new, you know, ways yep. for, for men to also have that and contribute. And it, it's just, it's so shitty because it's like, well, then I have no other option. If I don't want to get pregnant, you know, yeah. then, then I have to have this in my body. And now, and now it's like, for me, it's like every month, like I have to basically deal with the emotional repercussions because having this hormonal birth control does, it does affect my emotions. Yeah. Um, I didn't think that it would, but it does. Mm-hmm. And it's scary to think that I'm not in control. But, you know, there's a trade-off. If you're going to put something in your body to stop one process, your body's going to try to make up for it in other ways, right? So um, there's just a lot of improvement and a lot more support that can go into these things. And I don't think it should be all like for or against abortion. Why don't we put things into like more like an Eastern medicine way, preventative? Why are we always so focused on, you know, taking care of it when the problem is already too far?
0: Yeah. I mean, this, this conversation about birth control and men and women's responsibility, again, gigantic. Right. <laughs> and there's so much disproportioned responsibility. And, right. and it's not just physical. I think when we're making those choices, like even when I was making that choice, I was like, fine, I'll just deal with the right, heavy periods i'll deal with having this piece of metal in my body i'll deal with it thinking at that time that it was really just a physical thing i was sacrificing never right. imagining in a million years i mean i had had four planned pregnancies before that like i'd never had an unplanned pregnancy so never imagining the mental sacrifice i was making by taking on the birth control again right And it is it's just so the it's just another place of deep inequality. Right between our responsibilities in the world.
1: Right. And I don't think it's on purpose. I think it's just because lack of experience and understanding, Mm -hmm. like you said, like men don't have periods. They don't understand what it's like to have that emotional takeover every single month to have to buy You know, like the extra expense that it is just to be a woman to have to buy pads and tampons and, you know, replace underwear when it's an accident and like the the expense of birth control. If you use pills, it's like $30 every month. And you know, the IUD $1,200 or $75, whatever it is, it's a cost of that. Plus the cost of the effects it has on your body. Plus the cost of like, you know, what it is to even be pregnant if you want to have a child, the nausea, the expansion of your body, like the things that you're undergoing, it's just like, so to easily just be like, I'm never doing that. It's just Uh like, it's (laughs) such a derogatory remark of like, what we have to kind of go through without having asked for it. So it's like, I wish that there could be a place where we could just really expand upon inviting these conversations in a healthy manner of like, we understand where you're coming from. But we need you to understand where we're coming from, right. too. It's not as easy as that.
0: Yeah. I remember, So I now have teenage daughters. And my oldest daughter, when she started thinking about birth control, she took home all the pamphlets from the OB. And she laid them out on her floor. And she, like, highlighted all the side effects. And she basically picked, picked like, the, the less of all the evils. And I had done that, right? Like, I had done that for many. I was on the pill for 10 years. But watching her do it, I just remember being so angry. Like, as her mom, I was like, this is so fucked up that these are your choices. Like, that's really crazy. Um, So, yeah, it's a gigantic conversation. Um, It needs to be had, but not by me.
1: (laughs) Well, sorry, another thing that, like, I just have to add this in. The only reason that I even got birth control the first time was because my previous partner, after being together for, like, a few weeks, goes, oh, so we should talk about getting you on birth control. And I was like, what? And at that point in time, like I had never actually used birth control because Mm. um, I had remained abstinent for like five years. And so from like high school to like 23 years old, I hadn't had any sex at all. I was abstinent. Um, And for me, I was thinking, okay, condoms are like the birth control. So I hadn't even really known about any of my options. I didn't even know, like, I didn't know the processes. And this just shows how like, uninformed we are because like, if you, if you do enter upon my social medias, I talk about uncomfortable things like how we don't talk about sex enough and how the fact that sex is so shameful creates this, you know, unsafe space for us to talk about these options. And so it's just so important. Like you said, I'm so grateful that you have this podcast because it opens up a space for us to talk about the things that need to be talked about that are painful and uncomfortable so that we can help the next generation of people suffer less
0: yeah yeah and i think we just did this conversation just did that and it ripples out and people will listen for many many years i'm positive of that so hopefully we inspired someone (laughs) to go do lots more research on the things that we're not focusing on (laughs) right um anything else you want to share before we wrap up here
1: uh I just thank you for, for, what does it feel
0: like to, to have just told your story in this way? Like, what are you feeling right now?
1: I mean, it feels less good to tell my story than it does to get fired up about the, all of the little intricacies that go into having to make Mm -hmm. that decision. And, uh, just around that, like about the birth control, about the, you know, side effects mentally and physically and how other people Should be able to know their options and about the menstrual cup, how, like, despite how small of a chance it is, there should be a warning regardless, so people can avoid.
0: Yeah, I think it's good too for us to remember because sometimes we get past our experience and we start to look back at it with a different lens. Oh, yes, and to come back to this place of like, I do feel a little bit angry, and I do feel a little bit defeated, and I do feel a little bit deceived, and I do feel a little bit burdened, like to come back and remember how many emotions were there when you made the decision in the first place. Like, right. Because a lot of times women or people look back and they're like, what was I thinking? Why did I do that? Well, right. you were experiencing all those things at that time. And it is really important to go back and revisit that and say, yeah, there was a lot going on and there still is a lot going on. So it's a lot easier to look back and think I should have done this or I could have done that. Um, But really, there was a whole lot of emotion and a whole lot of complexity when you made your decision. Yeah.
1: I think the one takeaway from that is definitely we do the best we can with what we know and we'll do better next time. So any decision that you've ever made, you're just doing the best you can with what you know. And you can't blame yourself for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um, It's been it's just been a really important conversation and I'm excited to put it out in the world and to see you keep growing because you know what? It's been a really crappy 2020 for a lot of people. So the fact that you're growing a business, high five. five. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like my business really took off in 2020 as well. Um, When the pandemic first happened and I suddenly had three kids at home and I was used to like, Three kids in school, growing and building right. business. I was like, "There's no way it's over. Forget it. I'm just throwing in the towel." And then it it took some time, and it's really been a blessing for my business. So yeah, I appreciate that, and I'm excited that you have the same story. In a really That's bad, that. shit, crazy year, something good happened. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely.
0: So go keep building yourself and helping people the way that you do. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice.